What is up, everyone? I am Joe DeHoyos. I'm host of Beyond the Woodline. Uh, before we get started today, I always like to tell you guys, if you guys have any strange encounters, whether it be cryptid, paranormal, UFOs, aliens, or anything else you think this might be a little too weird for the regular world that we live in, man, hit me up. Shoot me an email. I'm easy to find on Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, I'm on Instagram, TikTok. But my email address is beyond.woodline at gmail.com. And like I said, you can find me on Facebook, Joe DeHoyos. That's my name. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm make myself pretty available. Uh, if you guys are interested in joining a Bigfoot team, uh, I'm part of the Jevening Research Group. I'm his executive director. I'm kind of Will's right hand man. Man, he's a he's a great guy. If you don't know him, if you ever listen to his podcast, which is Creek Devil, check him out, man. Um, but with all that being said, I've got another great guest, uh, Jeremiah Byron from Bigfoot Society. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here on your show. Uh, we've been trying to set this up for a while, so I'm glad to be here, man. Yeah, man. I, I was glad we were able to talk a little bit, too, before the show. That's always nice to do, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, you know, you know, so I actually found you on TikTok. I didn't even realize we were friends on Facebook, you know? It's oh, funny, TikTok right? TikTok is I, weird, I, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I found you on TikTok, and I found you on Instagram. So I said, I'm just going to message the guy. And then as I'm going through and we're communicating, you started popping up all over my my Facebook. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. You know, we're friends. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so was, yeah, I thought I just thought that was funny, man. But, uh. Yeah, uh, why don't you tell us real quick about, about your podcast, Bigfoot Society? Yeah, definitely. So uh, Bigfoot Society is an interview-based podcast. Uh, so I'm interviewing people. Uh, it's to do with cryptozoology. I'm transitioning over to pr primarily it's, it's about uh, Bigfoot. Um, I would say 95% Bigfoot stuff, but there's other other cryptid stuff in there as well sometimes. So uh, I'll I'll do interviews with uh, you know people in the field, uh, researchers, authors. Something I've gotten into recently uh, doing in the last few weeks, and my audience really loves it, uh, is I am getting people to actually come on and share their encounters. And I'm going to be, I'm interviewing them about that. So like uh, I've talked to uh, a lady who had an interesting encounter in Montana in the Tobacco Root uh, Mountains where she was uh, paced by a Bigfoot that was going um, uh, down the side of the mountain uh, as her and her son were bow hunting elk. And that's that was a really, really fun interview that just released on Monday. Um Bigfoot Society has presence pretty much everywhere. Uh, as you said, TikTok, I uh, got about 80 some odd thousand people hanging out with me over there. But, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. But, um, 
Yeah, I, I just like talking to people about Bigfoot, trying to figure out what's behind uh, this mystery, one of the last big mysteries of our world. Um, I will be hanging out with uh, Seth Breedlove has invited me to be a part of Monster Fest. So in June, if you're going to be at Monster Fest in Canton, Ohio, I'll be doing Bigfoot Society Live. But uh, yeah, I just like making connections, uh, helping people get connections in the Bigfoot community and uh, just talking to people, trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So what actually got you involved in this? I mean, what piqued your yeah. interest? Yeah, good question. So uh, it goes back a while, Joe. Uh, so I'm going to start way, way back. So it started out first with, um, as a little kid, you know, my dad was into, he would watch stuff like In Search of Reruns with Nimoy and stuff like that. So it's that that story. And um, uh, what's the other one with Robert Stack? Unsolved Mysteries, oh, right? Mysteries. So I got freaked out as a little kid with all that stuff. Yeah. Then during high school, I was like, I'm out of here. And then but in my mid-20s, I started working at Apple and I met a few guys that were into weird stuff too. We started, you know, this is in central Iowa. So we started talking about like, oh, there's weird stuff in Iowa. We should, And we figured out there's a cryptid that's 20 minutes away from where we worked and they had a festival. And then um, my buddy, Andrew, start he started working with Seth Breedlove. And so Seth was filming a... Uh, it was the documentary Terror in the Skies, okay. which is uh, a few years ago. It's about Thunderbirds and such. And so Andrew was filming the interviews with people like Chad Lewis, uh, people like that. And if you're familiar with the Van Meter Visitor, he's the author of the main book. Um, and so I was the guy. He was like, you should come a a around and watch me do these interviews. It'll be fun. You'll like it because you like STM. And when I was there, he's like, hey, I actually need you to come up with questions off the top of your head and be off camera so that I can get these guys to say the right stuff for, um, you know, for the documentary, right? So I was like, oh, okay, I've never done anything like this. Hey, Alan, good to see you, man. Um, so I just like at the top of my head, I was like, oh, man, I got to get these questions. And like halfway through it, I realized, man, I really love doing this. I'd never been in a situation where I, you know, I'd been able to interview people or had to interview people. I was like, I love this. Around the same time, I realized, man, I could, I could, uh, I could start a podcast myself. I'd, I'd start listening to, you know, people back in the day, like Shannon and, um, you know, some other people like that. And I was like, man, I could take a swing at this myself. Right. So I started and, Man, it's been, I started February, 2019 and it's been a long road since then. So I've, I've gone from, you know, talking to my buddies to talking to people like, uh, you know, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, Cliff Berrickman, um, those who have had encounters in the field. Uh, it's just been a fun, fun ride, man. So that's pretty much how, how Bigfoot Society came, came about is randomly being involved with the STM documentary getting the love for interviewing people about weird stuff, Bigfoot. And uh, we can talk about this later if you want, but it's actually started to uh, turn into a, I'm not just podcasting, but <laughs> um, I am now researching as well. And as a podcaster, you know that that line is very thin 
where if you're, you know, you're interviewing people, but then you start to research it, you just can't help but do it, right? And so we can talk about that too, but I've started to to get into some interesting things around Iowa because of that. So Yeah, well, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Um excuse my ignorance, but yeah. Iowa does, uh, doesn't seem like a state that would be Bigfoot. Even though I have heard encounters are there other cryptids or just Bigfoot that you're really so yeah there's you know moving so I didn't grow up here moving into the state from the east coast you know I thought the same thing and I was like there's nothing weird out here so the thing is is like there's a few weird things going on out here Joe so uh and if if you're into Bigfoot history I would really recommend that viewers uh pick up the book by David Weatherly his Iowa uh, cryptid book is probably the best um, the best history of Bigfoot in Iowa. It's crazy. But there's a lot of different Bigfoot things that have happened over the years. Uh, you know, the the in the 70s, of course, as in most states, there was a ton of Bigfoot sightings. It um, actually, there was a thing called the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center, and this started popping up in different places that I would read, different newspaper articles. And it, it was in David Weatherly's book. And I was like, this is weird. It's saying that there's this center in Des Moines, but I've never seen this. What's going on? So that started me on this whole like crazy rabbit hole research for three, four months. And I was like digging up newspaper articles and looking into different Bigfoot sightings around the state, like the Lockwood, Lockridge monster in Lockridge, uh, Iowa, which is in the eastern uh, part of the state. And it's about there was this monkey type figure in the 70s. And it was like breaking into different farms, uh, pretty much tearing apart the turkeys and all the different animals, but just leaving them there, not eating them. But people actually saw this figure uh, had a face like a monkey. And the Bigfoot was seen in different parts around the state. Now, there's some hoaxing that went on as well. But the crazy thing is, is that I actually tracked down one of the guys who was originally with the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center. He's in his 70s now, and he hadn't done Bigfoot for years, for four, 30, 35 years. And I tracked him down where he is, and I called him up, and he called me back. And he's like, okay, who are you? And how do you know that I was into Bigfoot in the late 70s? Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, hey, it's all public record, dude. You just got to know where to look. <laughs> so I was talking to this gentleman. His name's Kevin Cook. That's public record because it's in the old Des Moines Register uh, articles. He told me some wild, wild stuff, man. Um, whew, some crazy stuff. I mean, there was this, there was one encounter where the Bigfoot were near this property and the lady of the house was calling up the sheriffs and the Bigfoot was so loud that the sheriff could hear the Bigfoot over the phone in the seventies making a racket. It's just, it's wild stuff. So long story short, and if you want to hear the whole story about the Iowa Bigfoot Center, you can check out episode 150 of Bigfoot Society, which is my presentation at the Van Meter Visitor Festival about it. But the cool thing is that, okay, on the one hand, there was no center that was actually built because these guys were raising money for it. They ran out of money uh, and it fell apart. But 
the cool thing is that they had this Bigfoot statue that they would carry around in a truck to the Iowa State Fair, out to Michigan, stuff like that. And it's been lost until this year. They found they found it in the dude's house in Arkansas. And the cool thing is that if you're familiar with David Becerra uh, from Expedition Bigfoot Museum okay. down in Georgia, he actually uh, bought the st the statue. Now you hear statue and you're like, okay, that's kind of weird. Now it's a full size taxidermy sculpture with hair. It was made by the gentleman who made the African elephant in the um, Museum of America. Uh, Museum of History in the Smithsonian. So this is a Smithsonian sculptor. He made a Bigfoot taxidermy sculpture. And now David Becerra owns this. And um, I, I talked to him about this a few episodes back in Bigfoot Society, but uh, Mr. Becerra is actually going to go ahead and uh, his plan is to make a new museum, which he's thinking around somewhere in Tennessee. And he's going to put the statue sculpture in that museum because he's already got one in his georgia museum so uh that's just one of the things that i've gotten into joe there's so many rabbit holes once you become the guy in your area that's into weird stuff the stuff finds you if you know what i'm saying i yeah. have people hitting me up on facebook all the time hey back in the 70s me and my buddies were investigating this aquatic cryptid in makokata iowa do you want to hear about it i'm like yeah i totally do or uh, just, you know, a, a guy calls uh, calls me up on Facebook and he's like, hey, have you ever heard of Dogmen in Northwest Iowa? No. And he's like, well, I saw one a few years back and everyone sees him out here. So now I'm like, do we have a Beast of Bray Road situation going on in Northwest Iowa? And so I've got him coming on eventually to talk about it but there might be there's another mystery there as well so right, yeah. yeah once yeah. you get into the weird stuff it finds you out joe <laughs> yeah yeah and man you're not lying about that i think i've gotten more contacts from like private people like family and friends you know rather than oh, yeah than people out, out, out in the public that i don't really know uh yeah family and friends have actually you know contacted me and told me hey i saw this or this happened to me one time. What do you think about it? You know, and I'm talking everything from Bigfoot, paranormal, UFOs. So yeah, it it's fun being the weird guy. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I love the setup you have here. I'm. Do you mind if I shout out a few of my listeners here? No oh, man, go ahead, go ahead. All right. So we got all. Uh, I can see. I've got the Bigfoot Society YouTube linked up as well. We got Patrick McFarland. Uh, He's a, he's a buddy from Iowa as well. He's got some crazy stuff going on. We got, a, I think, a mutual friend. I Do you know Mike Casey, Joe? I think uh, so. He, he's a cool familiar. dude. Uh, you should you should get to know him. He's a great Bigfooter guy from Pacific Northwest currently. Um, <laughs> oh, we got all sorts of fun stuff. Okay. So uh, back at it again. <laughs> Well, good man. I, hey, I appreciate everyone coming along and uh, enjoying uh, enjoying the show. Hope you're enjoying the show, and you know, thanks for coming along for the ride. I, I hope it's a good ride for you guys. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, what kind of terrain is that where the dogman was seen in Iowa? So uh, I'll be honest, Joe. That is a 
in progress investigation where I haven't gotten the details yet. Um, I will tell you that from what I know of the area, it is, it's pretty flat. Yeah. So the thing about Iowa is northern part of the state, it's pretty much flat, right? Down the south, though, southeast, uh, it gets it gets pretty wild. Uh, that's where it becomes pretty hilly and all sorts of stuff like that. Oh. Um, I am... So, uh, Joe, do you mind if I ask you a question real quick? No, go ahead, man. So let me know. I would be curious to know how you um, got involved with all the Bigfoot stuff. Because I know you're Bigfooting down in... Um, you're Bigfooting down in Texas, but I am uh, really curious how you got involved with that. Uh, well, this all interests me since I was like a little kid. I mean, I was like, I don't know, seven, eight years old. I had a neighbor. He always talked about Bigfoot, paranormal, UFOs, aliens. He had so many stories. And you're talking about the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, where he got this information, I don't know. But that's what started me off. And of course, like you, in search of unsolved mysteries, you know, watching those programs. Uh, then uh, even as I got older and I started cutting grass, that's what I would do with the money. I would go buy books on anything I could find. And a lot of those books at that time, they had everything in one uh, book, you know, Bigfoot, UFO. They even had like spontaneous human combustion, you know. Uh, they had all that stuff all in one book. But then um, after high school, went to college, got married, had kids. Everything got put on the back burner. But then once my kids got old enough and the Bigfoot show started coming out again, uh, I started doing, you know, research. And that was like 2012, 2013. So, and like I said, I've been primarily doing research in the San Houston Forest. But I've done gone back to Davy Crockett uh, out in Louisiana, out in East Texas and up in Northern Texas. So. And even in Central Texas. And that's why I asked you about Dogman, because... In Central Texas, it's very hilly. It's actually called the hill country. Um, it's very rough and rugged terrain, and uh, uh, but Dogman is seen in that in, in that type of uh, environment all the time, actually. So that's why I asked you about that. And so I'm not surprised. And that's Big Dog. I don't know if you know Big Dog. Oh, Mendoza. Yeah. All right. All but, right. Um, Good to see yeah. you, man. Oh, we got my buddy Tate Hieronymus in the chat, too. Uh, he's grabbing his PBRs, so you know what that means. Uh, but Tate is uh, actually the guy who got me into going out into the field and actually looking for Bigfoot in Iowa. So, so I, I know you don't want to talk about your exact locations, but uh, yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about I mean, like I go to San Jose Forest. That's about all I'm going to say. You know, I mean, do you want to talk about the area and, or, or even just about what you experience or out there in that area? I would love to. Um, so. Tate brought me out to a certain area in Iowa uh, is. I thought that we were going, you know, and I, I was a little bit skeptical at first. I was like, man, I just don't think Iowa has, has the type of stuff where Bigfoot would be going into. And we get to the entrance to the area and then we had to drive 
a good 20 minutes in and I was like, this is nuts. I feel like I'm back in the hills in the mountains of New England. It was crazy. So we get way, way back there in a, in a remote campsite and it, Joe, it's hot. Um, it is just, I believe the heat index that, that Saturday we went out was 110. It was oh, wow. super, super hot. So I was like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, the first night, the first day, you know, it's getting a little bit around dusk and Tate is... Tate is in his truck. He's taking a nap and I'm new to it. So I'm like, you know what, why are you taking a nap? And he's like, well, if we're going to go out bigfooting, you need to be rested up. I was like, okay, I got some stuff to learn the first day. So I'm sitting alone by the campfire. He's in his truck napping. And I was like, I thought I, I thought I heard a knock, but I wasn't sure. Talk to Tate later. And we were like, uh, that could have been wind. Yeah. Because when I was getting into it, I was a little bit Bigfoot on the brain, right? Yeah. Right. So I had my tent up. I'm in the tent. And then Tate's in his truck. Uh, that was a wild night. We almost had a tornado come through the campsite. It was wild. And if you want to see like this, you can actually see this, what I'm talking about. If you go to Tate Hieronymus's YouTube channel, he does a... Um, YouTube documentary series called Sasquatch a search for Sabe. Uh, and then uh, there's an Iowa episode. You can watch that. Right. So the first night was kind of just hanging out, chilling out, trying not to die. Cause there's 110 heat index trying to slam water. The next day though, it goes down 30, 40 degrees. It gets a lot, a lot cooler. And that's when stuff starts to heat, uh, get a little crazy. So we're sitting around the campfire and all of a sudden, about 30 feet in front of us out in the woods, this tree gets pushed over and it's loud. And I, I'm like, I had no idea what was going on. I was like, was that a firework? And Tate was like, dude, there's no fireworks out here. We're so far out in the woods. There's no fireworks out here. There's a tree that just randomly got pushed over there's no wind. Of course, we did not get it on tape because we didn't have the tape rolling. After that, I was like, the tape, my audio recorder is on the whole entire weekend. So we're chatting. We're chatting some more. Tate is doing wood knocks. And then we hear the wood knock to our right. Clear as day. We're like, oh my goodness, this is wild. We thought we were going to have to go outside of the campsite, but the stuff is starting to happen all around us. So we go to bed that night. I have my recorder on a picnic table about 30 feet outside the camp. And so over the next few weeks, I am going over the audio and one, I learned it takes a long time to go through audio. It took me weeks to do it because I wasn't used to it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I heard multiple tree knocks that night. And the weird thing was, Joe, around 3.45 a.m. Now, mind you, I'm in my tent by myself. 
Tate is in his truck. 3.45 a.m., we hear, or I hear in the audio, the tent fly getting unzipped. And I'm like, I didn't leave to oh, go wow. to the facilities at 3.45 a.m. Um, so I'm freaking out. Like That messed with me for a few weeks because I'm like, what happened? Was someone trying to get into my tent? Was there... You know, we know there were knocks going on. We know there was something pushed over outside the uh, the camp. Was some, but then I was like, you know, Bigfoots don't mess. Bigfoot don't mess with uh with tent zippers. But the crazy thing is, is that I talked to randomly two people within a few weeks of that through Bigfoot Society, where they told me stories of how uh, a Bigfoot had unzipped a food container in their uh, cabin. But also another one had messed with a tent zipper that a young lady was uh, sleeping in her tent. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, how close did we get? So uh, you can kind of see how we keep that area under wraps so that it doesn't get, you know, a ton of people trying to go out there and check things out. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said, you know, we're the same way. We don't, uh, you know tell many people about the actual area. Uh, we don't even try to give them hints, you know, uh, it, it we've taken a few people out there, but people that, that we're very comfortable with and the people that we trust, you know? Yeah. But you know, it, what, what was funny about you talking about the audio, right? I, I have hours and hours of audio that I haven't even listened to. And right when COVID hit and everything was shutting down, uh, my friend Shane called me up. It's like, Hey, uh, you remember when we went camping? Like two years prior, I'm like yeah, because we went out to the you know uh, another location called uh, Four Notch Road, mm. and, uh, and I'm like yeah, well, I remember we went out there. He goes, uh, he said, is is this from your recorder? And he sent me over a, a, a file, and you know like a lot of the recording files that have the, the name brand recorder or something similar to that. And I was like yeah, 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 that was on my recorder. He says, well, listen to it. He told me what part, how far to go, and you can hear footsteps in our campsite because what really? i did was i had got uh some of the chem lights you know the kind you snap and you shake it up and they glow you know yeah and i stuck them around not just uh in certain areas but in the middle of our camp and you could hear footsteps in our camp i mean clearly two feet and you know we're we you know i go armed you know here in texas because we got hogs sure. and bobcat and coyote, oh, yeah. you know uh so you know for anyone to walk into our campsite, that's crazy, you know? And, uh, so yeah, that, that was really, a uh, that was really cool. And, you know, it just reminded me when you talked about that, about you know, you got, you know, hours of tape, you know, yeah, oh, for I, sure. I still have so much. I haven't even listened to yet. Um, Oh man, really? Oh, that would drive me nuts. I'd be like, I have to listen to this this weekend. <laughs> I could have, yeah. I could have the next Sierra sounds on there, you know? Right. Right. But you, you know, know, I've got, um, there was uh, uh we went we went to this site and uh here goes tate um we, we went to this one site and uh man, we were here in wood knocks all night long and it was just so crazy uh but i got i got like three of them on my recorder that were like back to back to back and you could tell they were like spread out like in distance like there was one really close the one further away and a third one even further away. That was pretty cool that, that we got those three. That's rocking, dude. Yeah. But, uh, 
that wasn't the same as the forest. Like I said, that's where I do most of our research. But uh, yeah. Um, so, like, what are some of your favorite stories from encounters, whether they're public or just something that you were told? You know. Let's see. Let's see. I'm trying. So here's the thing, Joe. I I literally am thinking through my mind really quick to think what is public and what is private. Um, let me think. Let me think. Uh, so here's a, here's a fun one. Uh, so a lot of people hit me up on Facebook, Joe, and they. I have a lot of conversations that unfortunately never end up into, they never turn into Bigfoot Society interviews because the person's not comfortable with, with coming on. Right. Which is, that's fine. That's understandable. But there's a gentleman, um, which I, I can't share names or, or anything. I have to be really careful. Um, but he told me the the wildest thing. So he was telling me how oral tradition from his grandparents, they would tell, you know, and he would, well, so first he would go to this area in Iowa to visit his grandparents and wild stuff would happen around the house. Like rocks would be thrown, stuff like that. The crazy thing is, is that he was telling me that his grandma would always tell him stories growing up that since the 1940s in this area in Iowa, there was a group of some kind of hairy monkey people called Yehudis, which is got to be a regional term for Bigfoot. Yeah. Right. That's really cool. Uh, I loved hearing that story because. One, that's not in any book. Two, even in Weatherly's book, there's no uh, there's no um, accounts of Bigfoot in the 1940s in Iowa. So that was pretty special. This guy was was amazing. He had stories. He was like, well, you know, I moved out to Washington State and they built a house out there. And this is like way out in the boonies. And he was telling me how they actually got ran off the property because nightly something was climbing up on their, their roof and jumping up and down onto the roof. And they were hearing people, they were hearing things howling around the house and they got ran off the land because the guy had uh, young kids during that time. And he was like, I don't want anything to happen to my kids. I'm out of here. And he came back to Iowa. That's that's a weird thing that uh, I've heard in my in my DMs. Um, yeah, one thing that I'm I'm starting to get. Let's see, what would be another one I could tell you? Um, hmm. I have to think. Patrick for... says the news article I sent you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Patrick Patrick has uh, some interesting stories. One of them is uh, the one that comes to mind is um, actually Pat. Can I share the story about uh, 
about the the gravel pit let me know in the chat if i can do that um yeah I'm i just i, I don't want to share something by x i'm pretty sure it's public um yeah yeah you know i was you know you, you told me that uh that story I, I, for whatever reason it reminded me of a creative story too um uh, about I don't know, three, four years ago, maybe in five, my sister called me up. She goes, hey, you need to look at Becky's uh, post on Facebook. Becky's a girl that we grew up with. We've known her since we were little kids. Sure. And she said, check out her Facebook post. So I looked at it, and she said, my mom saw a Bigfoot show last night, and she hasn't been able to talk because she had a, a really bad stroke. Uh, she, oh. goes, she hasn't been able to talk in a long time, but the Bigfoot show came on, and she won't shut up about Bigfoot now. And so uh, she goes, because she said she saw one when she was little. So I was like, oh, shit. And I've known Becky, like I said, my whole life, her mom, her dad, her brother. So I pick up the phone. I call Becky. Hey, what's going on? Tell me about your mom. You know, is she okay, first of all, right? Uh, but Becky told me, you know, she was she had, a, she had a bad stroke and she wasn't able to talk. She saw, I think it was Finding Bigfoot came on. And she started telling her that when she was a little girl, that there was a Bigfoot that would come up to the house. And look in the windows, right? I was like, really? I said, where'd your mom grow up at? Jeremiah, she grew up in Falk. Really? Yes. And guess what the name of the creek, the, the creature would come out of was called? No way. Yeah. Wow. Creek. And I was like, what? Dude. And she goes, yeah. I said, holy shit. And I started telling her about it. She goes, I didn't know Boggy Creek or Falk was that big of a deal. I said, in the Bigfoot world, it is. Yeah. That was one of the crazy. That's awesome, man. That I love that. I love that. Um, so Pat is, Pat told me in the chat, he's like, if, if I want to share, I can. So, uh, at the Van Meter Visitor Festival, which is a cryptic festival we have in Iowa. Um, I was there last year at my booth and I met Pat, who's a cool dude from around the same area, Iowa. And he told me a story that is pretty interesting. So uh, my apologies, Pat, if I butcher this, I'm going to do my best. So uh, back in the 90s, him and his buddies were in a uh, gravel pit um, around Winterset, Iowa, I believe. And all of a sudden, this huge rock get, gets chucked at their, gets chucked at them from the top of the gravel pit. They didn't see a Bigfoot, but man, it was uh, something that had that had to uh, chuck a huge rock at them that they were not expecting. That was kind of cool too. But <laughs> Yeah, we found this big piece of concrete one day in the middle of the forest out in that alpha area. It's a just big solid piece oh, of really? concrete. I had no idea where it came from. Like who carries a Ooh. piece of concrete out here in the middle of nowhere? You know? Yeah. That's wild. It, it, yeah, it, it's way back in the woods and uh, I mean, there's nobody around. There's nobody around. And, uh, how they found that out was my friend Walter was a part of a paranormal team, and they heard there was Bigfoot in the Samuelson Forest. So they go out the Samuelson Forest. Uh, they're at this little bridge where supposedly the activity had taken place, had Bigfoot activity, and this guy rolls up on them in the middle of the night, like at midnight or something like that. It's like, hey, what are you guys doing out here? And they're just like, all right, we're just out here looking around. He goes, I know what you're doing. You're looking for Bigfoot. He says, follow me. I'll take you to where he's at. They followed him, and, man, they got they got scared shitless. I'll tell you that. Oh, wow. Walter really had a hard time at first. Um, 
So when we started, when he contacted me, we went out there. I mean, he was white knuckling it all the way down because he was driving. Mm. And so we got out there. His head was on a swivel. This is in the daytime. We're probably 11, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And he was, his head was on a swivel. He was so scared. But wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of the weird things about that is that that guy, his voice never came out on any of the recordings. Really? Yeah, his voice never came out on any of the recordings. I I do have uh, this is this is a fun one. Uh, I just remembered of um, so gentleman came on my show a while back uh, from Oklahoma, and he was sharing he was sharing some really interesting stories about uh, you know Bigfoot that he's seen down in that area. But he had a story uh, that a hunter had told him from southeast oklahoma uh the guy the gentleman was up in his tree stand and um he's trying to hunt hogs um pretty much there, there's he's looking at a group of hogs out of nowhere this huge bigfoot comes running on all fours gets up to one of the hogs grabs it the whole hog by its arms slams it against the tree breaks the neck of the bigfoot and or the breaks the neck of the hog and i'm pretty sure how it ended up is slung it over his shoulder and it was just out of there the crazy thing is is that as it's going away the bigfoot turns around and looks right into the eyes of the hunter and the hunter was like i didn't get i didn't get out of that area for hours I couldn't move out of that tree. So everyone's like, why didn't you take a photo or something? Dude, how can you even breathe if you see something like that? Right. I mean, that's that's literally the wildest thing that I've ever heard on my show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Southeast Oklahoma. I don't know what's up with it. Um, I've got a interview coming out on Friday with a gentleman uh, who's got some more Southeast Oklahoma stories and uh, he's seen some stuff. Uh, he's good friends with one of the gentlemen from the sea uh, jet uh, Hanobi. And I know I said that wrong. Apologies guys. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, where yeah. the Bigfoot were trying to break into the house and right, yeah. um, pretty much there's one shaking the gate to to the house and they end up supposedly taking out the bigfoot right. where they uh you know they were prepared to take him out and the reason they didn't see a body that i'm told by the guy is that six other bigfoot carried this dead one away the crazy thing is that there are multiple witnesses in the same area that supposedly saw six bigfoot carrying away a dead Bigfoot across the road in right, Southeast yeah. Oklahoma. So hopefully in the future, I may be able to talk to some other gentlemen that were actually involved with that. You know, it's a pretty famous encounter uh, back about 20 years ago now. But um, yeah, that's coming out uh, this Friday, my chat with that gentleman from Oklahoma. So that'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I've talked to one of the brothers, I don't remember which one it was, but it was in private. It wasn't on the on the show or anything. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got they got a crazy story, and yeah, I heard about. I think it was a truck driver, somebody that that saw the Bigfoot run across the road. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was. I think it was a truck driver. Mm. Let's see, Tate. This is for a split second. I thought you were talking about the Ruby Creek incident. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, what about you yourself? Uh, have Have you found any evidence, whether it's be footprints or tree breaks or twisted branches? You know, uh, that's a that's a really good question, Joe. So, uh, I actually haven't yet. Uh, the most evidence I've gotten would be uh, recorded evidence. So, I guess that would be the next step. You know, right. um, is well, I think uh, actually uh, recordings and, and audio is going to be very important in, in proving their existence anyway. So. Oh, I mean, that's the thing. Like at the end of our our uh, weekend, Tate was like, "You want to you you got to realize that this kind of stuff is not normal to happen in a when you go out looking for Bigfoot. Like this doesn't this doesn't happen because he he wanted me to realize. I think that how special it was all the stuff that we had happened to us. Um, right, <laughs> you gotta love it. You absolutely gotta love it. So. Yeah, that's what I tell it's everyone. Going, you know, going Bigfoot is like going fishing. You're not always going to catch anything. But the thing I like about Bigfooting is that even if you don't have any activity, you get a campfire and some good people and hopefully some good food. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's the other thing I, I learned uh, from going out that I would not realized because I'd never been out looking before is that, you know, there's a lot of downtime. So you better have games with you or whatever. Um, there's going to be a lot of chatting around the fire, sharing stories. You got to bring good food with you. So Tate was prepared. He had the burgers ready to go. Um, and, you know, bring like a, bring a, a guitar or something like that. Uh, I know Tate has brought in video games before. Bring something that makes makes the creatures come in and they're curious, right? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, man. Yeah, I, one of the um, these areas that I went to, which actually isn't too far from that Alpha area, um, I went out there with my friend Brandon, and I had a flat. We're out there in the fucking middle of nowhere, and I had a, mm -hmm. a flat. We're trying to change oh, the tire, man. and we hear a tree get pushed over. Really? Pop, 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 pop. And I'm looking, and he he's looking towards the you know the sound and i looked at him i said was that meant for us he goes i don't know but hurry up and put your tire on <laughs> yeah let's get the tire on and get out yeah. of here <laughs> but I, I want to show you this too this all is right what I, uh this was in 2019. this was oh, uh, interesting in, in, yeah in a creek uh, it's, it was an eight inch track okay yeah and that's something mm. that I, I i didn't cast i didn't have any casting material with me but okay i was gonna ask you yeah yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting, considering how wide it is, too, for an eight-inch track. You know, I wish I had a little kid with me. They could have put their foot next to it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then, like, up in this top area, it almost looks, because it was coming out of some bushes. It was a very uh, brushy area. And okay. We, this particular creek, I love this creek, because I actually found a three-inch track in that creek one day also, which is crazy. Um, so I always go back to that creek when I when I go back, and that was probably in 2015 when I found that little track. And uh, so, 
I went back down that creek and there there's this one right there. So that was, you know, one of my more interesting or actually probably the most interesting print I found. I found other prints, but that was probably the clearest print I found. That's pretty sweet. That is pretty sweet. So I'm hoping to get back to that area. Uh, maybe even even this year. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But um, it's it's not well. I'll say it's e it's easy ish to get to. It's it's not a not the hardest thing. So not the only trip out there for sure. But um, do you do conferences or anything? So that's something I'm starting to get into as um, as things get um, as Bigfoot Society grows, right? So I've done, you know, we have I go to the Van Meter Visitor Festival every year, mm -hmm. uh, which a few Bigfoot people show up at, which is awesome. But I did present uh, about Iowa Bigfoot in the '70s last year. I was one of the presenters, which was awesome. Um, so I'm there every year. Uh, you can, if you want to meet me. Just go to that festival. You can meet me, uh, September thirtieth. The uh, this year I had mentioned I'm going to Monster Fest as a guest of Seth Breedlove doing the podcast live there. Uh, that'll be awesome. So if you're going to be at Monster Fest, I would love to meet you. Uh, right now I don't have any plans for any other uh, conferences. Um, I did go to CryptidCon as an attender uh last year that was a fun experience i potentially might do vending uh i don't know if you've been to crypticon that is it's a big no. big conference man it is it's intense there's a lot of people that show up really quick and you got to be uh prepared but i had a few people come up to me uh share their stories um even though i was just walking around so that was awesome to meet uh some listeners um see uh burton moran is in the chat good to see you sir uh he's a cool dude he's got some he's got some wild stories uh i used to do a call-in show <clears throat> on youtube sunday nights i had to i had to uh cut that out for now due to time constraints from other stuff but uh Burton called in with some wild stuff. Uh, <laughs> story about the giant owl. Right. right. And uh, so you got to go back and listen to those Bigfoot Society lives, the strange story ones, the one with the owl with Burton Moran. Uh, but yeah, check out Burton Moran's YouTube channel. Uh, dude, he's got some cool stuff. And he recorded the VIP uh, tour from Van Meter last year. So if you want to see, how cool that is. Uh, you can check it out. Oh, geez. Are we getting into, uh, are we getting into Bohemian Grove stuff? <laughs> what was that? The guy said Moloch the owl. Oh, I don't know. Bucket if, list, my bucket if, list. If you have places to go visit or investigate or research. That's a good question. Um, so first thing is I would love to go to the NABC North American Bigfoot Center out there in Oregon. Um, I would actually love to just check out that whole area. Like I've been to Portland before with my wife, but we've never, that was before Bigfoot. Um, but I would love to go to the NABC. That would be amazing. Um, 
I've never been to places like Falk, Arkansas. That would be cool. Um, I've been talking so much with people from Arkansas, uh, not Arkansas, Oklahoma. I would actually love to check. There's a few places in Southeast Oklahoma that are just wild. And because I've been talking to these people so much, I would love to check it out. Um, right. Area X, I don't know if I could just uh, waltz into there. You kind of got to have a connection. But, um, I mean, there's areas like uh, one of the hot spots in Oklahoma is McGee Creek, where this guy uh, that I was talking to on Bigfoot Society was telling me encounters that he saw, uh, where he actually had face-to-face -face, uh, encounters with Bigfoot at the creek. Um, and then it was weird. Uh he came back the next year and he, they had put up huge fence out of nowhere. Weird, right? Why would they put up huge fence that was like 10 right. feet tall? I don't yeah. know. This is from oh, Oklahoma, wow. actually. Oh, is it really? Yeah. One of my friends sent it to me. Shane from uh, Southern Bigfoot Alliance. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, yours is, let me see yours a little bit. Uh, that's awesome dude that's huge yeah is that uh so you said that's in southeast oklahoma or what part yeah it was uh yeah it's in oklahoma he has it their location they call it uh, squatch creek but i don't i don't know what what area that is wow um, yeah there were five prints total this is print number oh, three. oh man that's awesome yeah this is actually it's from the um cryptozoology museum in portland maine you can buy uh cast there for like really cheap for 30 bucks because they make them there so that's one of the uh, patterson gimlin okay casts. yeah yeah it looked familiar yeah yeah that's pretty cool yeah dude like that, yeah. so have you have you ever met uh gimlin i haven't dude that would be another bucket list thing that would be awesome right can you imagine being able to chat with bob gimlin oh yeah that's... oh yeah I, I met him here in uh do you meet him in texas yeah oh wow yeah, he came that, down for the big cool. convention in huntsville which is um, okay uh, an hour and a half north of houston so I, I went and he was there and i got to meet him and talk wow. to him and just as nice as is he really yeah just a good nice guy nice guy bucket list for the podcast i would love to talk to bob gimlin mm -hmm. um i would love to talk to bobo that hasn't happened yet <clears throat> he's hard to get a hold of and uh I'd love to talk to Moneymaker too. That would be really cool. But he is uh he's hard to get a hold of as well. So yeah. but yeah, maybe we, someday. we know man, there's yeah. there's there's no shortage of witnesses, that's for sure. You know. Oh yeah, dude. And there's no shortage of stories. You know, when I asked you about some of your favorite stories, one of my favorite stories is Mike Woolley's story. Yeah. Mike Woolley. Mike Woolley, where he talks about he was in Louisiana and he was in his uh, tree stand, his deer stand, and he saw a deer come up right up to his uh, deer stand and was breathing hard and sweating. And he looks up and he sees a one looking out behind a tree, and he thought it was a guy in a in a costume, and he started yelling at him. Ooh. You remember that story, Mike Woolley? Uh, I bet if you the, heard it, you you would know it. The name sounds so familiar. I don't think I've talked to him personally. No, he passed away in 2019. Oh, then definitely but not. A, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 He's, but he was a good dude. I got a chance to talk to him too. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. 
and yeah, he's he's really good dude. He actually came here to the same as the forest too with the Garretts to go check it out, which is pretty mm. cool. good stuff. But, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, that's one of my favorite stories, man. But uh, yeah, man, we're coming up at the end of the the hour here, man. Do you want to tell people how to get in touch with you? Do they want to get in absolutely, touch absolutely. So <clears throat> first off, thanks for spending some time uh, with with Joe and myself tonight. Uh, make sure that you are subscribe to beyond the woodline and that you share this with all your friends uh for myself personally if you want to hear me chat with uh people about their bigfoot encounters or people uh that are you know names you would know within bigfooting you can subscribe to the bigfoot society podcast you can find that on places like apple podcasts spotify google podcasts uh if you have an encounter that you would like to share and um, potentially be uh, interviewed about on Bigfoot Society, go ahead and send me a message on, um, you can do Instagram at Bigfoot Society. You can send me an email directly at BigfootSociety at gmail.com. And I would love to chat with you about what you've seen and potentially interview you. But um, yeah, thanks again for having me on, Joe. This has been a really fun time. Yeah. Yeah, man, it, it was great having you on, that's for sure. But uh, I like to give my guests, too, an opportunity to let people know what they're like. Uh, what do you do when you're not doing your Bigfoot thing or you're not doing your podcast? What, what uh, occupies your time? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, I'm usually it has something to do with dinosaurs because uh, hmm. my kid is really into dinosaurs. So, okay. you know, we're like, uh, I don't know if if you so if you if you have a kid and they're into dinosaurs you're going to have a lot of these dino dig kits and they get these chisels and you can like you know get these little plastic uh t-rex skeletons out of the clay we do a lot of that it's awesome and we play uh switch a lot too he's into yoshi so okay. a lot of stuff okay, with the kid cool. yeah. yeah my son is now 20 wow four he's 24 and he still loves dinosaur stuff that's awesome. He loved it from the time he was little, and he still loves it. You know, so you know, awesome. Cool. Yeah. So hopefully so. your son never outgrows it. <laughs> I I don't think he is going to. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, so yeah, we'll yeah. see. Well, cool, man. Um, like I said, it was great having you on, man, and I I appreciate your time. That's for sure. You know, I know time is precious, especially nowadays. Uh. Um, so no sweat. I appreciate it so much, man. If I can ever do anything for you, promote anything for you, just hit me up, tag me. I'll share it for you too. So absolutely. Um, it was great talking to you. And it was great talking to everyone in the chat. So you guys did a great job. Even the trolls, you guys made me laugh a couple of times. So Dude. I, I mean, I've never had so many. This is kind of yeah, like, you a, know, a, a, only a celebration. one guy. Cause he was kind of a troll silly. celebration. You know, uh, one guy was kind of getting silly. So I, so I blocked him. But okay. just, uh, you know, the trolls here, they were actually kind of keeping me entertained. I was, <laughs> I was trying to laugh at their crazy ass shit, but, uh, they did, they did great too, but I appreciate it. Thank you for being nice trolls, you know, funny trolls, at least, you know, they were in it to win it, dude. Yeah. But cool, man. Well, everybody else, Rod really was a tool. Well, he was, he's still fun, but, uh, okay. Um, yeah, man, uh, it was great having you on and, uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll 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 talk again sometime in the future. You and, got it, uh, man. <clears throat> and to all you guys in the chat and um that are watching us, uh, good night. 
You guys be nice and take care of each other. See ya.